Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Well, good morning, Bridgewater family. It is great to be together on this Sunday morning. Welcome to our online friends. Whether you have been with us or whether you're brand new today, we're so glad that we're united together. And it's time to dig deep into God's Word. Here's what I can't really believe, though. I can't believe we have finally made it to the closing of this series on forgiveness. It's so incredible to think about what we've learned. We've talked about how God has forgiven us so that we can love and forgive others. We've talked about what it means to forgive limitlessly. Remember Bud's Lightyear? To infinity and beyond. But don't let this out of your mind. We've also talked about what it means for Jesus to forgive us, but then also to forget, to not care for the things in our past, the wounds that we've struggled with, so that we can literally begin to press on. Last week, I know, was challenging if you were with us. It was the five steps Jesus outlines to literally be biblical and walk the path of forgiveness with people that we need to reconcile with or people who need to reconcile with us. We have covered so many dimensions on forgiveness. But today... I think it's, it's a great moment for us to be able to think about why we're forgiven. Have you ever really embraced that? Why are we forgiven to be able to move ahead? I love what Elizabeth Kubler-Ross said. It's only when we truly know and understand that we have a limited time on earth and that we have no way of knowing when our time is up that we will then begin to live each day to the fullest as if it was the only one we had. Now, grab this. Have you really been walking the steps of forgiveness to seek God's forgiveness in your life, to give forgiveness to others, even the most difficult ones? Have you forgiven yourself so that we can live every day to the fullest? God doesn't forgive us just so that we can remain in the same miserable place. I hope that's not you. But God doesn't want us to live in the same miserable, sinful place that we've been living in. He wants us to lighten the load, seek his forgiveness, give forgiveness, love as Jesus loves. And that's why we're going to John 21. In John 21, it's the story of the Apostle Peter's reinstatement to ministry. I think it's more than that, though. I think it's about forgiveness in a very unique way in which Jesus empowers Peter to literally fulfill his purpose that Jesus had once said to him, Peter, you are the rock. And on my church, 
or on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. That's why Peter needed some alone time with Jesus. And I want to just break this down as I do each week. And I want you to think clearly about what is your purpose. Now maybe you're looking at me going, Pastor, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't really understand where I'm at. Okay, but are you forgiven? Have you asked Jesus to forgive you, to set you free to fulfill your purpose? Have you forgiven others? Have you forgiven yourself? That's what we're going to talk about today. And there's four lessons I want to share with you. The first is found in John 21, verses 1 through 14. And this is the longest part of our passage today. So let's dive in. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. And he said, throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to hold the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish. For they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Now, I'm not going to tell you that there's only one sermon or one message in this passage. There are several. But what I want to hone into is this. The very first lesson that we learn about forgiveness is, I think, best understood this way. It's time to face the facts. Now, the details are exciting. When you think about Peter and the other disciples, they weren't all there. There were seven of them. But when you think about it, they went fishing because they knew that's what was, uh, they were accustomed to. It was what they were comfortable with. Have you ever noticed this? When we're sad and upset, when we're struggling with our emotions, especially when we're struggling to forgive others and forgive ourselves, oftentimes we withdraw to that place that we feel most comfortable. Sometimes we go back to habits we're comfortable with, but that doesn't mean they're the best things for us. 
Now, in this case, Peter did what he had done all of his life. Before Jesus had called them to ministry, Peter and the others, many of them, not all of them, had been fishermen. Peter, uh, his brother Andrew, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they had all been fishermen. So when, when Peter goes, you know, I don't know what to do now. Where's Jesus? Notice how it says that they had already seen him twice. But now Peter's like, what do we do now? Where do we go from here? Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like, I don't know what to do now. Where do I go? And Peter thought, well, instead of just sitting around moping, let's go fishing. But the problem was they didn't catch any fish. Now that was by divine design, and I'll tell you why. They had been up all night, and then when Jesus appeared on the shore and called out to them, no one realized it was Jesus, at least not at first. And when he called out, they're about 100 yards away. It's not too far. Boys, have you caught any fish? The answer came back out of nicety, out of being culturally polite. No, sir, we haven't caught anything. Well, then throw your nets down on the right side of the boat. And then the net was completely and utterly full. By the way, do you remember what happened when Jesus first called Peter, James, and John? They had been out all night fishing and they hadn't caught any fish then. And then Jesus told them, and that was the first time they had met the Savior. I think that's what triggered it for John. John, and you may be thinking, who is this disciple called the one that Jesus loves? Sounds a little arrogant, I know, but it's not really what John means. In humility, he's trying to, to, to say Jesus loved him. We wouldn't do it today. It wouldn't go over that big. But it's John who had understood that this was Jesus and says to Peter, it's the Lord. We're told that Peter wraps the garment around him. Why? Because he had thrown off his outer garment. He was probably shirtless. He wanted to be respectful to Jesus. And then he dives in the water because he wants to be in the presence of Christ. But I want you to grab this because we're getting to this first insight. Not only did I think Jesus want to see Peter, and Peter needed to be in the presence of Christ. But I think Peter needed absolution. I think Peter needed forgiveness. It's much like when I've corrected my children, and there's been some issue when they were growing up, and, and I corrected them. I knew I needed to give forgiveness. I knew that they wanted to be absolved of the sin, the problem, the mistakes. And there needed to be a reconciliation. I want you to hear this this morning. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, there needs to be many, many moments in our lives when we are completely honest with God. To really put time aside where we can come into the presence of Christ, and even though it's uncomfortable, even though we may not want to do it, never forget what we realize that Peter is showing us. 
when it's time to face the facts with God, God still loves us. Jesus wanted the disciples to come and break bread with him. In fact, did you notice the divine table was already set? When they got there, there was already fish on the fire. When they got there, Jesus said, bring some more fish, and he brought them together. And we have this image of the Lord's Supper, of breaking bread, of eating together. It's an incredible moment. Please hear this first lesson. But if if you and I want intimacy with God, we have to get honest with God. I love this unknown writer. I don't know who said this, but it's incredible. If we're honest, we must admit that much of our time is spent pretending. But when we turn to God in prayer, we must present our real selves. Candidly acknowledging our strengths and weaknesses and our total dependence on him please please understand so many times when we go to god in prayer we have the list right you got your list you pray through when was the last time that you just went to god with no list and you said hey i know you know it's me but can we just talk about where i'm at can we just get down and honest can i tell you my strengths can i tell you my weaknesses Can I confess my sins? It's time to get down to business, God. Because I need to move from where I am to where you want me to be. That brings the next lesson. Look at this passage of scripture. John 21, 15 through 17. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Here's our next lesson. It's time to get down to business. We not only have to face the facts, but then we got to get down to business. And this is where I think it gets really uncomfortable for Peter, but it had to happen. Please hear me in this. If you're going to have relationships that are meaningful and not just surface or not just temporary, if you're not just a consumer of people's lives, and God's love, and you really want intimacy and commitment, and you want this to be a two-way street, beyond a shadow of a doubt, we must be people who are willing to get down to business. Not just face the facts, but then we got to do something with them if we're going to move forward. That's why Jesus, I think, right after breakfast, looks at Pete. Hey, Peter, want to go for a walk? Let's go for a walk. Now, I want to make sure you understand this. You may be thinking, where does that come from? You'll see later at the end of the passage that they're walking. And John the Beloved is following behind. We'll get there. But they're, they're taking a walk. Have you ever really screwed up? Have you ever really messed up in a relationship? And you said something or did something you know it wasn't right? You know what our tendency is? Is to spin it blame somebody else, or justify our actions. 
I need to tell you, I think that's what's happened with Peter. I think Peter has seen Jesus. In fact, we're told actually in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 5, we're not going to read that this morning, but we're told that Peter, or Cephas as he was also known, was one of the first to see Jesus after the resurrection. But I think this, a cloud of guilt still hung over his head. That can happen to all of us. There's been a difficult relationship. You've tried to mend it, but you get this feeling in the pit of your stomach. I don't want to see the person. I don't want to interact. In fact, one of the questions that I dread is when people will say to me, I need to talk to you. And then I go, well, could I know what it's? No, I'll, I'll tell you later. I, I'm, I feel like the kid that's in trouble. Somebody's going to, there's an old phrase, dress me down. Jesus wasn't that way with Peter, but he did say, let's go for a walk. Why? Listen to this, because you and I are just like Peter. If we let the junk of our lives pile up from our past, Satan, the enemy of our souls, knows how to go dig it out. We've got to be willing to present ourselves honestly and openly to God. And to do that, we have to get down to business. And that's why Jesus, as they're walking, looks at Peter and he does something strategically. Let me just make it very simplistic. Jesus looks at Peter and says to him three times, do you love me? Now he says it in different ways. He says, do you love me more than these? It seems to be a connection to the other disciples. And the word he uses is agape. Do you agape me? Do you love me? He's saying, do you love me in spite of all these others? In spite of everything that's going on? Then he asks him again, do you love me? Do you agape me? Now remember, agape in the Greek is a word that the disciples were just coming to understand. Why? It's the love of Christ. The love that loves in spite of. The love that is there unconditionally no matter what we're going through. It's deep and abiding love. Now, did you notice on the third time when Jesus says, do you love me? Jesus literally says, is there a brotherly love between us? He changes it. Why? Peter's heard. Peter's hurt. Now, you know what a lot of people would do today? They'd blame Jesus for that. They'd blame, they'd blame God. Have you ever done that? Have you ever blamed God for your hurt and your struggles? And why haven't you forgiven me, God? Or why don't I? I've asked for forgiveness, but why don't I feel free? Now you're bringing it up. Jesus, you're just so insensitive. Mm. Jesus wants to clear it up. He's going to drive a, a stake in the ground for Peter and say, you're not going back. I can't let you go back and dwell in the past. You, you are the person that is, needs to lead this new ministry when I ascend into heaven as the resurrected Christ. In fact, I think this is interesting. Do you remember Peter at uh, the upper room? Peter Literally, in Matthew 26, 33, said, 
If anyone else deserts you, Lord, I will never desert you. And then Jesus said to him, before the rooster crows, you'll deny me how many times? Three. How many times did Jesus just ask Peter if you love me? Three. Oh, Jesus is so hard on people. Jesus should love people more. What about Peter's feelings? We get too caught up in all of the emotional feelings. Jesus cared about Peter's feelings. Jesus cares about how you feel. But Jesus cares more about the truth that will set us free. He didn't want Peter to keep thinking about the denial. He had to ask him three times. Why? Because Peter is hurt. Peter's hurting. He's hurting not because Jesus asked him. He's hurting because down deep inside, he knew he had denied Christ. Jesus had forgiven him, but Peter needed to forgive himself, drive the stake in the ground, and move forward. Why? Because we're forgiven to move ahead. We're forgiven to help other people find freedom. We're forgiven to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. It can't always be about how you feel, how I feel, what we've been through. Let's keep uh, emotionally crying over everyone. Get the third box of Kleenex. No, Jesus is saying to Peter, you've got to feed my sheep. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't it beautiful? Jesus kept saying to Peter every time, here's your purpose. you got to forgive yourself. I've forgiven you. We knew it was going to happen. You weren't as strong as you thought you were. You 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 didn't die for me that night. When I was arrested, you ran. And Jesus is like, it's okay. I knew it. And it doesn't mean you're exempt from ministry. You do realize that, don't you, church? No matter what you've done or no matter what you're doing right now, Christ can forgive us and set us free, and you're not exempt. In fact, our hurt and our pain, if we're forgiven and we're honest and we get down to business, it can become a launching pad for us. That's why I love the words of a writer from long ago. Stormy O. Martin said, forgiveness doesn't make the other person right. It makes you free. Here's the third insight. John 21, and we're reading verse 17 again. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, you know, uh, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. And then Jesus adds this, very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Here's the third insight. There comes a time when it's time to grow up and grow out. It's time to grow up and grow out. Scholars believe that Peter was probably a younger man when he walked with Jesus, just like Jesus had been. And he tells Peter something incredible. He says, you will grow old. You will have a ministry. 
you will fulfill your purpose. That's all in there. I know you don't see it that way, but is that reassuring to you? God isn't done with you yet. You haven't messed up so much that God can't heal you, forgive you, and empower you to move on. If you're, if you're sitting here listening, you're in the car somewhere, listening to the podcast, whatever it is, do you realize that you're, you're so precious to God that he loves you not to let you fumble and, and just stumble around. He wants to empower you. But it's time to grow up. And then it's time to grow out. What does that mean? It means accept your responsibility. I have to accept mine. And then we have to go out and begin to impact the lives of other people because Christ has impacted our life. In fact, Jesus did something that at times I think must have been difficult for Peter. In a vague way, Jesus says to Peter, you will feed my sheep. I, I am reminding you that you will fulfill your purpose, but... Someday, your death will be very, very difficult for you. Church history tells us that Peter was led out and in chains. Then he was crucified like Christ in his death. Some history tells us that Peter even asked to be crucified upside down out of respect for knowing the path that he had taken all the way back to that moment when he denied Christ. I want you to understand something that's so important. Forgiveness and restoration is always possible if we will put all of our trust in God. I believe this. There wasn't words like, Jesus, will you forgive me? Or Jesus saying to Peter, I forgive you. On the beach that day, there was intimate reconciliation because Jesus dealt with the most inner turmoil that Peter had going on. I've got great news. Your inner turmoil is something that Jesus understands. The struggle that you're in right now, emotionally, mentally, physically, Jesus understands it. It may not be where you want to be, like Peter someday. You may be in a place you don't want to be or you didn't expect to be there, but I want you to know this. Now's the time to stop looking back, live in this present moment, begin to grow up and grow out in the ministry that God has for you. And that's why Jesus said to Peter, follow me. You know what it really means? Are you all in? It's time to grow up. It's time to grow out. Very soon, just days away, my youngest daughter Mary is going to be married. Kay and I have had long conversations in between the planning, the bill paying, the uh, discussions about our lives. I will be honest with you. I can't believe I have three children who have grown up, grown out, 
gotten married, and now the last one is moving in that direction. But can I tell you this? Every single person that my children have married, I've prayed for that person even when I didn't knew that plus one. I prayed for them while they were still in the womb. I can't deny what God has done. Oh, there's a part of me that wants to say, uh, grow up to only a certain place and then just stay home as long as I don't have to pay your bills. But you know what? I raised my children with Kay in the admonition and love of God. I've taught them to grow into human beings that God can bless. There have been failures. There have been days when we needed to ask for and give forgiveness. But there's nothing more exciting than to be a parent who, as, as an infant, gave these children over to God. And now we see what God can do. It's time for all of us to grow up and grow out. And that leads to this last insight. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Last insight, so important. Say it with me at home. It's time to forgive and focus forward. Okay, are you ready for this? You buckled up, it's simple. We've got to quit thinking about the people in our lives that have hurt us, the people that we've hurt. We have to quit focusing on the relationships that didn't work, the people who are with us, the people who have left us, and the people that God is going to bless in incredible ways may be differently than us, but perhaps we're a little jealous. John is the unnamed, again, in the passage. Peter and Jesus are walking along the beach. They've had this wonderful moment of reconciliation, and Peter looks behind him, and he sees John following along. How else is John going to write down all these words in this text, right? And Peter looks and he says, well, what about him? And Jesus answers Peter the way that he needed to hear it. Whatever I want to do with John, even if I decide to keep him alive till I return, it's my business, not yours. You ever get yourself in people's business that you shouldn't be in? Do you ever get a little bit more nosy than you should be? You see what it does? It distracts us. It keeps us from staying focused on who God has called us to be. That's why this last insight is simple. Forgive the people in your life. Hug them. Embrace them. Care for them. Love on the people that you've forgiven. Love on the people who struggle to forgive you. Hopefully you've asked. We've talked about that. But then let's go. Let's follow Jesus. Let's be all in. Let's not get caught up in what hasn't worked. 
or, or people that have said negative things about us or the people we've said negative things about. Get your nose out of other people's business, amen? And let's go. Let's go. I love Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3 in the message. The writer says, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed away, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now, he's, he's there. In the place of honor. Right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith. Go over that story again. Item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Are you ready? Are you ready to forgive and move on? It's time to forgive. It's time to focus forward. It's time to be the people that God has called us to be. It reminds me of an old story about Brownlow North. In his early days, he was a famous evangelist. But one night before he entered the pulpit to begin to preach, somebody handed him a letter. And in the letter, it outlined some sinful attitudes and actions of Brownlow North. And the letter ended this way. If you don't stop preaching, I will make it publicly known what kind of man you really are. Brownlow North was crushed. But you know what God had him do? He walked up to the pulpit. He opened the letter that outlined all of his sins and mistakes in detail. And he read it to an incredibly large crowd waiting to, him, to hear him speak. And he said, I'm a sinful man. These things are true. And I need... God's forgiveness and grace. And with your permission, I'd like to share the word of God. That night, hundreds of people found Christ. Because of Brownlow North, well, he was honest. But it was really because of God's forgiveness. God's forgiveness changes our lives, and it can change your life too. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this moment. It's time for us to forgive ourselves after we've asked for your forgiveness and then partner with you to move ahead. Father, help us to do that. Help us to get real. Help us, God, to put all of our faith and our trust in you. We have sinned and fallen short of your incredible glory. Now, Jesus, help us, help us, Jesus, to walk free, leave the past behind, and begin a fresh new start. 
but not the way that we have acted in the past, but as new creatures in Christ. Help us to be grateful for our forgiveness and ambassadors of your forgiveness so that we will walk in the transformation of Jesus Christ. You've called us with a purpose. Help us to fulfill it. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you so much. You're amazing. It's been an incredible time of sharing on forgiveness. Remember, this is something that's ongoing. It's not going to just stop with this series. We have to continually seek God's forgiveness, give forgiveness, reconcile. And when we fall and stumble in sin, we got to get back up and trust the Lord with all our hearts. Lean not on our own understanding and in all our ways acknowledge him. I love you. You're amazing. And until we see each other again, take heart and be transformed. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.